Well, I love what I feel in this house tonight on a Wednesday night. Amen. Don't you? Thank God. Praise God. If you're a believer, why don't you just lift up your hands and just tell him you love him tonight. God, it's good to be in your house. It's good to be among your people. So good to feel your rich, rich presence in this room. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, Brother Steve and his team are going to hand you out a handout tonight. So if you will receive that. And if you are, let's say you're, you're 70 and above, I want you to remain standing. But the rest of you, you can be seated. So if you're 70 and above, I want you to remain standing. 70 and above. If you're 70 and above, I want you to remain standing. You're 70 and above. I want you to remain standing. To to our, our men in our Hope House and to our Celebrate Recovery, the reason why that you and me have what we have here is because of these sweet elders and I want them to know I mean that from my heart I mean that from my heart amen before I came here 12 years ago there was an incredible church here that was pastored by brother and sister Hennigan for I think close to 30 years and before that was an incredible man of God by Brother Bennett, pastored close to 50 years. And so almost almost 80 years with two pastors. That speaks well of this church. And so to all of my elders, I want you to know that I love you and that I honor you and that I know the good things that Janet and I and this family and so many people in this community have is because we're standing on your shoulders, and I mean that sincerely. And I want to give our elders a, just a warm appreciation. Love, love you. I love you. So thank you. You can be seated. Now, if you're, if you're 35 and down, I know our youth are out, so they're out, and Sister Janet's got a unique class going on. But if you're 35 and down, I want you to stand. 35. You're 35 and down. Please stand. 35. Well, these are the ones that's got the world by the tail. If you need an answer, just go ask them. They got it. But you know what? Here's what I know, brothers and sisters. We appreciate our elders, but we need our youngers. 
if we're going to continue to have a rich heritage and a legacy. So let's give all of our 35 and down, let's give them a big hand. I mean that. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for being here. And you too are important. You're very important because if the Lord tarries, you know, another 30 years, and guess what? You're going to be in that 65 group, right? I know it's hard to believe. That's why I said 70 as an elder, because when you start getting 55, you realize 65 is young. 70 is young. But I do appreciate all of you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for every dollar you invest in the kingdom of God. Thank you for all that you do. And I want you to know that I appreciate you so much. May the Lord bless you and you can be seated. So if you need a lesson, would you raise your hand? If you need a lesson, okay? And if you need a lesson, everybody can have one. And if you need a pen, would you raise your hand? Okay, if you need a pen. Now, there are pens the back of the, each pew, but if you don't have one, there, Carl, Brother Carlton, would you help me uh, with some pens here? There's some pens. We want to make sure everybody has one. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to slow down just a minute, and we're going to talk about how to deal with how we feel. Because what I am seeing, brothers and sisters, is I am seeing that we as Americans, we as Americans are idolizing our feelings. And we are being ruled by our feelings. This is what I'm watching. Okay, I watch when I get up here. You don't have the vantage point that I do. And I understand not every day is a cloud nine day. We all have bad days, rough days, sad news. I get it. I get it. I promise you I get it. I'm human just like you are. But where I want us to get to is that we get to a level of maturity that we are not worshiping based off of how we feel. We worship based off of who he is. That's where I want us to all get to because now you're starting to talk about a mature Christian. Well, man, he's been so good to me. And pastor, he answered prayers and I got that parking spot right in the front door. Oh, God is good. And man, we come in here and that's great. But God don't always give you the parking spot and he don't always answer your prayer and it don't always go the way you want it. Doesn't mean he's not God. It just means he lives in a high tower and he sees way down the road and he knows what you have need of even before you know that. Are you with me? And so we got to learn, brothers and sisters, to deal with how we feel because I just have this strange suspicion that it's not going to get more positive on the nightly news. I hope I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. I don't think it's going to get more positive. I think it's going to get less positive. I don't know that it's going to get less stressful. It's maybe going to get more stressful. I don't know if America is going to embrace us as Christians or not. They may continue to, uh, you know, push us aside and, and just think less of us because we are Christians. So we've got to learn to deal with how we feel. So if you were not here last week, what we're going to do is we're going to run through this real quick so that everybody can be on the same page. We started with Mark chapter 12, verse 29, and that's basically saying we shall love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might, with all of our strength. Do you understand what that means? That literally means that you give God your best in your body. In your mind and in your spirit. He wants all of you. 
He wants you to worship Him with everything that you've got. Can I get a witness? That's where we start. So now, on the first page there, on the first page, you see that first line? What I want you to write there is, first, God has emotions. The reason that we all have emotions is because God has emotions. We, we know how to love, we know how to laugh, we get angry, all because God has those emotions. Now we're going to go through this quickly. Number two, our ability to feel is a gift from God. Even tonight on a Wednesday night, you have felt the presence of the Lord. Amen. Yes, you have. You felt Him here. He's here right now. And the reason why that you can feel is because your, your gift, your ability to feel is actually a gift from God. Amen. Now, here is the next thing. If we didn't have emotions, we would just be like robots. Okay? So God didn't want us robots. He wanted us. He didn't want, okay, worship me. Okay, worship him. No, he didn't want that. He wanted it to be a heart thing. My man, I'm in love with the Lord. And because I am, I want to worship him. I want to give him my best. Right? We're not robots. And so whatever you worship is what you become. Okay, here's emotionalism. Emotionalism means all that matters is how I feel. That's just not true. Mature saints of God go beyond emotionalism. Hey, I, I love it when we have a dance and a praise and a loud uh, worship in this house. But also, I understand that you're going to go out to your jobs, to your families, to your homes, to crazy people, and you need to have a knowledge. Once you leave that emotion experience, you need to have a knowledge of knowing how God thinks. If you want to read God's mind, read His Word. Because this is God's mind. The more you read about this, the more you're going to know about God. So here is stoicism means feelings aren't important at all. And that's simply not the case. Okay? This, they're, they're saying that only thing that matters is our intellect and our will. And what I'm telling you is that that's not true. We need to worship God with our emotions, but we also need to have the intellect or the mind of Christ, which is his word. Are you with me? Okay. Then here's the next one. Are we keeping up? Okay. God gave us the book of Psalms in order to understand our emotions. Every Psalm, every Psalm has something in it that will speak to you. And the whole gamut of emotions from the ultra highs to the ultra lows are in the Psalms. So read the Psalms and you can see the whole plethora of emotions. Are you with me? Now, why must we learn to manage our emotions? Number one, we got to go because our feelings are often unreliable. You cannot depend on your feelings. Why? Because people may have spoken into your life something that's not true. And you cannot afford to wear that label. Right? Okay. Here's the next thing. Why do we need to learn how to manage our emotions? Because we don't want to be manipulated. Because if we... Get this, if we don't learn how to control our emotions, brothers and sisters, our emotions will control us. Okay, are you still with me? Number three, because we want to please God. We cannot, we cannot serve our emotions as an idol and serve God at the same time. 
Did you get that? Okay. Here's what the scripture says real quick. Romans 8, to be controlled by human nature results in what? Death. To be controlled by the spirit results in life and peace. If you want life and peace, let the spirit control you. How do I do that? How do you do that? You go to the altar every day. You lay down self. You make sure you have the spirit and you walk in the spirit instead of walking in self. Lord, where do you want me to be? Put me at the right place at the right time. When I come in contact with somebody, let me have the wisdom to say what they need to hear. Right? That's being, that's part of walking by the Spirit. Here's number four. Because we want to succeed in life. If you want to succeed in life, I don't mean what I'm fixing to say negative. So please don't take it that way. But if you want a huge advantage over most people, learn how to control your emotions. And you will have a huge advantage over most because most people don't know how to control their emotions. If they don't feel like doing anything, they don't do anything. My daddy looked at me and said, boy, I don't care what you feel like. Get your Easter keister out there. Get that weed eater in your hand. I don't care. And he was serious. He didn't care. I mean, he, he never hit me. He never hit me. He never abused me. never talked down to me. But I'm telling you something. If I didn't go out there and get that weed eater in my hand, he would have had his foot in my rear. I ain't joking. I know. I know him. Right? My daddy's favorite, one of my daddy's favorite verses was, if a man don't work, he ought not eat. That's the Bible. Don't have no time for laziness. Come on, I'm sincere. I'm old school. When it comes to that, I don't have no time for laziness. Come on, somebody. I'm serious. Amen. Lord, help me to get out of that because I feel my BP rising on that one. Help me to, how, how, I gotta go. How to manage an unwanted feeling? How do we manage an unwanted feeling? Number one, are you ready? Here we go. You gotta name it. What does that mean? You gotta identify it. We gotta get specific. We can only change something that we have identified. If we don't know what the problem is in our life, we can't work on it. Here's how we do it. We, we write it down. So I'm always transparent with you. I pray I never get awkward, but I want to, I, I want to be open with you. Here is the thing I've had to write down is anger. You say, pastor, I don't really see you angry. Well, because I've tried to do a lot of hard work in the last really 12 years, tried to do a lot of hard work. Really, if I'm real honest, probably in the last seven to eight to to I had to get honest and say, Wayne, you're angry. And then I had to go back into uh, I had to go back into my family of origin and really discover what's driving this. So I had to name it. OK, and so here's what you do. You see under that little uh, page right there, it says ask. You see that? Okay, I'm trying to stay with you. Ask. Here's what you ask. What am I really feeling? That's what you ask. What am I really feeling? Identify it. Mine has been anger. But here's here's how you can identify it. Sometimes we think, well, I'm a little down today. I'm a little discouraged. I, I've got the blues. I'm feeling a little depressed. And we think the problem is depression, and that may not be the problem. We need to ask, what is making me depressed? And if we look at it a little deeper, it may be, I got criticized at work, and I don't like that. 
And now what we're doing is, is then we're taking that criticism that we got criticized or we got laid off at work or there was something that happened unexpectedly and we wasn't expecting it to happen. And then we take all of that right into our house and then we take it out on our spouse, be that the husband or be that the wife. And really it doesn't have anything to do with them. Come on, I wish all of y'all would say amen because y'all know that's the truth. We've all done it. Didn't have anything to do with them. Right? But we were mad and we just, we needed a vent and we could take it out on our spouse and so we did. And that's what, that's where my anger came from and what I have made up in my mind. I don't want to treat you better than I treat Janet. That's wrong. And so you guys, David, if David thinks, hey, Pastor Wayne's a pretty good guy, I want him to think that, but I want my wife to think that and more because she lives with me. Come on, somebody. And isn't it the truth? We hurt the ones we love the most. Because many times, come on now, we don't know how to manage our feelings. We don't identify it. We don't get honest. This is where we're really living. You want to be a disciple of Christ. Let's talk this lesson. Because we can all talk about, won't it be wonderful there, having no burdens to bear. Yeah, but what happens when you go out there and the devil slaps you upside your nappy head? Because what's in you is going to come out. I don't care if you talk in tongues for four hours. Do it. Please do it. But guess what? you got to face Monday. And when you face that boss and you face those situations, what is in you is going to come out. And then when it comes out and everybody looks at you and says, I thought, you, I, thought, I thought he went to church. My God, I've heard worse. You know, I, whew, that dude can cuss. I thought a sailor was good, but this guy's great. I thought he went to TPC. Or girl, or lady, right? Not discriminating. Ladies can have a mouth on them too. Are y'all with me? Or did I lose you? See? And so now what we got to do is really what am I feeling? What I'm really feeling is I'm not mad at Janet. I'm mad at what happened in my day. And I just need to own it. Are you with me? Okay, here's the other question you write down. Just write this one out to the side under, under number one. Write it out to the side. Talking too fast because I got a lot to cover. Write out this. What are my triggers? What are my triggers? Under number one, you've already asked, what are my feelings? Under that same number one, ask the question, what are my triggers? What do you mean by that? What are my triggers? Okay, well, do you understand that something you see can trigger you? Right? Something you smell can trigger you, even for the good or for the bad. Do you know that when somebody touches you, that can be a trigger? Right? Do you know somebody's voice can be a trigger? You're like, oh my God, I know that voice. I'm keep on walking. Don't have time for that. I know y'all know what I'm fixing to say. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's what you say when you hear that voice. Ain't nobody got time for that. Because you know that voice, because it triggers something. Oh, dear God. Right? That's a trigger. Remember this. Remember what I'm fixing to tell you. HALT. It's an acronym. HALT are triggers. When you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, and when you're tired. They're all triggers. And you need to be aware of those triggers. You need to be aware. You need to name it. What is triggering this emotion? Make sense? Did I lose you? Okay. Here we go. So, write this down if you will. I can't tame it until I name it. I can't tame it until I name it. 
The answer may not be up on the screen, but it's in my notes. I can't tame it. Just where do I write it? Anywhere in your notes. I can't tame it until I name it. I can't solve a problem that I can't identify. See, one of the hardest things, Christians, Christians, you sweet people that look like you do no wrong when I look at you. But I know better because I know human nature. Because <laughs> I know me. Right? Thank you, Bridget. Okay? Here's what I know. I can't tame it until I name it. Here's what I know. It's the hardest thing is to do is to get honest. And as your pastor, it's very hard for me to get honest and say I've dealt with anger. Because I can put on a good face just like you. I can look cute just like you. Well, I don't know about that, but that needs a whole lot for this. But anyway, I can't solve a problem that I can't identify. Until you get honest and say, you know what? I got an anger issue. You're not going to solve it. You got to get honest. Okay, can we keep going? Here's the second thing now. The big long line. Here's the second thing that God asks us to do is to challenge it. Then challenge it. We challenge what we're feeling. We don't automatically assume that just because I feel it is the truth. Can I say it again? Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's the truth. Are things that you ask yourself, are things really as bad as they seem? I'm going to just, again, be transparent with you. Right now, we got people inside our house working. We got people outside of our house working. And it's just a lot going on. And I've got things at the church. And I've got a lot of people sick and in the hospital. And I've got pastors calling me from different parts of the country unloading their problems on me. I'm not telling you this to make you feel sorry for me. I love it. I love it. I love, 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 love what I do. But if I'm not careful, I can take that stress into my house. Right? I absolutely love what I do. Don't want to do anything else for as long as I'm living. But God be in my help and he continues to give me the grace and the strength. I love it. So I'm not complaining. I'm just talking about when you get a lot of stress on you. When you get a lot of stress on you, you find what's in you. Thank you. Right? So you got to make sure you're challenging that and not assuming and you make sure you get a lot of rest. You may not think this is important, but I try to get at least seven to eight hours of sleep every night because that helps with your stress. You say, I can't do that. Well, all I can say is try. Okay. And then it's really good if you can get the sunshine. Sunshine is vitamin D. I know you didn't sign up for a psych class. I get that. This is church. I understand. But I want you to be healthy in your spirit, soul, and body. I don't want you just clapping your hands and giving God a praise on a Sunday and the devil slapping you up on a Monday and you not know what to do with it. I want us to be healthy Christians, and I believe we're no more spiritually healthy than we are emotionally healthy because I believe our spiritual health and our emotional health are tied in together. You don't have to agree with me, but that's what I believe. Okay? Here's what the Bible says in Psalms 26 and 2. Lord, cross-examine me. Test my motives and my affections. My prayers constantly. God, I want to do the right things for the right reasons. If I'm not doing it with the right motive, please show me. Because it's not just an amount you give, because God's really not impressed with our money. He owns it all anyway. Then you say, what do I need to give it? Because I really want it. Because it's a test. It's a test. It's a test of where your heart is at. It's not about the amount that you give. And I want to give as much as I can, but that's not what it's about. It's how you give it. It's your attitude. It's your motive. 
If you give it like this, you're going to get it back like that. He that sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully is going to reap bountifully. And I've learned, brothers and sisters, since I was eight years old and started giving my tithing, I can never outgive God. Can't. Can't do it. Are y'all with me? Okay, so how did I get off on that? Because I want to give with the right motive. I want to do everything with the right motives. Okay? Now, sometimes... Uh, when it comes to challenge, we need a friend to challenge us. Okay, I have two men of God over me that I talk to on a regular basis, and I have some very close friends, and they all know they have permission to tell me, Wayne, uh, you're, you're not thinking about this right. They have that right. They have that permission. Do you have somebody in your life okay, that can say, hey, I love you, but I think you're not thinking right about this? And if you don't have that someone, you need to pray and ask God to give you that someone. Because I'm telling you, we all need somebody that will love us enough to look at us and tell us the truth. You may be off half a bubble on this one. Right? I can tell. It's accountability. And you know what? We don't want any... Bless God, you ain't going to tell me what to do. I get that. I understand that. You know why? Because human nature don't like to be told what to do. But you need somebody. Everybody in this room, myself included, has blind spots. I don't care how perfect, how beautiful, how intelligent, how wealthy you think you are. you got some blind spots. And men, we're the world's worst when it comes to ego and pride. I don't have no woman tell me what to do. I'm the head of my house, bless God. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to tell you, you may have gotten married for the SEX. Right? You may have gotten married for the SEX, but really marriage is not to make you happy. Marriage is to make you holy. And she's called holy sandpaper. And he's called holy sandpaper. And God is using your spouse and your family to make you more like him. That's the truth, brothers and sisters. Oh, you may not. Hey, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. That is a God's truth. I thought I was a good guy till I got married. And then I realized, not because Janet downed me, because I realized how selfish that I was. It's taking me a long, a long time. Have you arrived? No. And I want every one of you to know, it don't matter, Sister June, you listen to your pastor. I love you very much, and you're a godly lady. And I am in no way rebuking you, but here's what I'm telling you. You still have a next step. Right? None of us have arrived until he calls us home. We all can keep growing. We can all keep producing. We can all keep learning. We can all keep becoming more like him because none of us have got the market cornered. Are y'all with me? So sometimes we need a friend to challenge us. Here, here's, what, here's what is said in Job 15 and 12. I like this. It says, it's one of Job's comforters comforting him. And he says this, why has your heart carried you away? And why do your eyes flash? That's a poetic way of saying this. Why have you, Job, run off on the deep end? And why are you so angry? You need to have someone in your life that can ask you the question and you don't get mad at them. You say, I don't have that person. Well, then, you know what? Find one. And then give them permission to speak into your life. With me? Okay, now, you don't have to write this down, but here it is. What's the real reason that I'm feeling this? 
What is the real reason that I'm feeling this? Let me give you a quick example. Maybe it's hooked into something your dad said to you years ago. And when your husband said it to you, all of a sudden he gets all the wrath that was pinned up against your dad. What's the real reason that I'm feeling this? The real reason that I, okay, so I'm, again, here we go, just being honest with you. The real reason that I got ramped up is because Janet told me some stuff and my male ego said, in myself, I didn't say this out loud, but I mean, my God, who do you think you are? I mean, I'm the pastor. Who do you think you are? And it's, y'all, our, our, our human nature something. Well, I got four amens on that, but I'm telling you all of y'all know it is something. Our human nature is something. And you know what? When she told me, I knew she was right, but I did not want to admit it. What is that? It's called ego. It's called a male ego is exactly what it is. And ego is the enemy. Come on. Here's the second question we ask ourselves. Is it true? Is what I'm feeling right now true? Just write that down somewhere in your notes. Is what I'm feeling right now true? Listen, here's the Bible example. Elijah. God comes to him and said, Elijah, buddy, what's wrong? What's wrong? Why are you sitting in this cave? What's up? He says, God, I got to tell you, I'm having a rough day. He said, I, it's in there. I and I alone am the only one still faithful to you. And God's like, Elijah, you got to be kidding me. I got 7,000 people who have never bowed their knee to Baal. What was the problem? He was tired. Keep reading. He was tired. Basically, God said, hey, go rest and you're going to have some food sitting at the edge of your cave. Rest and eat. Keep reading. It's again, go back and rest and eat. Go back and rest and eat. Why? Because he had killed 450 prophets of Baal and then he had run, I don't know, maybe 32 miles. Yeah, run. God gave him the strength to do that. But after he had killed all those false prophets and he had run all that long way, now he was just tired and he was hungry. And he's all of a sudden, ain't nobody serving you but me. Right? Let's go back. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That was a trigger. He was tired and he was hungry. So God just said, go rest. We don't think that rest is a spiritual thing, but rest is a very spiritual thing. And that's why God says, I want you to take off every Sabbath so that I will make up for you in six days what the world can't do in seven. I'm going to say that again. It is a trust issue is what the Sabbath is, is that God can bless your efforts in six days what the world can't do in seven. So I'm going to give that to God because it's all about a trust issue. It's all about a test. Will you trust me enough to give me a day where you set aside to rest and contemplate me and meditate upon me? Does that make sense? So ask, ask if it's true. Here's the third question. Is what I'm feeling right now, is it helping me or hurting me? Is what I'm feeling right now helping me or hurting me? So you go into a restaurant and the waitress don't show up. Roxy knows what I'm talking about. Roxy is a good waitress. You're still waiting tables, Roxy? Okay, so you go in and you sit down and nobody comes to your table. And then nobody still comes to your table. And then 10 minutes, nobody's still at your table. And then you see this sweet little cute little couple come in and they set them down and they're ordering their food. And you've been over here 10 minutes waiting. Now I'm going to tell you what Wayne starts doing. The BP starts rising. I'm like, Janet, did you see that? 
And Janice wanting to play cards. Wayne, don't worry about it. She'll get over here. I'm like, no, my God, we've been in here 10 minutes. I got things to do. People to see places to go. You're like, Wayne, calm down. Enjoy the meal. Play rook with me. I'm over there looking. I can't believe, my God. They already ordered their meal. They're getting their food and I'm still only having a glass of water. <laughs> Y'all didn't know I was, I was such a sinner. Pray for me. I know y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You're just laughing at me because I'm up here by myself. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It may not be because of waitress, but it's something else. Right? Yeah, it's road rage. Oh, God, that's me too. Dear God, help me. I got so many faults. Are we communicating tonight? Thank you. Thank you. You're laughing with me, not at me. Thank you for that. So now I got to ask myself, okay, Wayne, if I'm going to get all ramped up, is it going to make anything better? Is it going to help me or hurt me? Because Janet's over there saying, Wayne, chill out. She's going to come. My God, can't you see? She's got seven other tables. I don't care. (laughs) Well, let's go back. What's the real reason I'm getting all ramped up? Because I may not have eaten all day long. And I'm hungry. I'm just hungry. But it's not going to do any good to spit and cuss and all that other kind of nonsense. It's not going to do me any good, right? So let me ask you all a question. When it comes to your spouse or your neighbors or your friends or whomever, does nagging work? Has it ever worked? So then why do we do it? Come on. When somebody comes and tells you all the things you're doing wrong, does that just make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside and just, oh, well, sure, I want to change that. I'll get right on that. (laughs) Probably not. You know what it does? It makes you defensive. Yo, I'm going to preach on this. I'm going to give you a little clip on it, though, because it's going to be, hopefully, it's going to bless you. Here's here's what you can do. You can decide to live your life like this in the protected position. Or you can decide to live your life like life like this in the crucified position. How come? How come nobody loves me? How come nobody really wants to get close to me? Because this is how you're, you're like this. I got hurt once. I ain't getting hurt again. Mama, you you did that to me. Uh uh-uh. uh. His daddy ain't no fool. That's why you gotta live. You know. You know how you have a good marriage? Forgiveness. That's where that's the key to a good marriage is constantly forgiving one another. After 30 years, Jan and I still don't have it figured out. We're still forgiving one another. And guess what? We'll still be forgiving one another till the Lord comes. Now, I may come across like we have a horrible marriage. We've got a really good marriage. Right. But there's been a lot of growth and a lot of hard work and a lot of forgiveness. Does that make sense? Okay. here's the third thing. Here's the third thing is you got to learn to tame it, tame it. First of all, you name it, then you challenge it. Then third, you tame it. We have to learn how to master our moods. We have to learn how to master our moods. Have I lost you? If I lost you, then let's go. Okay. When we have an emotion that isn't getting us where we want it, we've got two options. Remember this. When you have an emotion that is not getting you where you want it, you can either change it or channel it. Okay? Sometimes we just need to change what we're feeling. Here's Philippians. Boy, this is a verse that is a bomb. 
It's fixing to drop a bomb up in here. You ready for this? Philippians 2 and 5, NIV. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, please don't think I'm being condescending, please. But I'm going to tell you something. It's so funny to me how there's so many worried about how, you know, you have that top button button, but uh, have they read this verse? (laughs) Your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. That's a tall drink of water. And sweetheart, you can't live that verse right there without the power of the Holy Spirit. Ain't no way. There ain't ain't no way. Your attitude being the same as that of Jesus Christ. So so what what do you mean by that? Well, we just have to get honest. Would Jesus get all irritated by this waitress? Come on, let's break it down. Would Jesus yell at this person? Would Jesus be wringing his hands and all worried? Oh my God, is it going to work out? Would Jesus be fearful? Would Jesus be worried? That's what this means. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. So the bottom line is this. We dismiss any feeling that does not make me more like Jesus. And there's no way you can do that if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. I lost some of you there. Come on, somebody. I got five minutes. Number here, Here's the next one. Sometimes we need to channel what we're feeling. What does that mean? In other words, use it for the good. For instance, let's say you've been a victim of injustice. Okay? You've had something very unfair happen in your life. The natural emotion that's going to come up is anger. That's a legitimate response. But then I ask the question, is my anger getting me what I want? Probably not. Is nagging the other person getting me what I want? Probably not. So guess what? You speak to who they can be, not to who they are. You speak to the king, not to the fool. You speak to the queen, not the nag. You speak to where you want them to go, not where they are. Can I, can I get a witness? You speak up. Okay. Put a 10. I've told, I've told this to several people. Put a 10 on everybody's head and talk up to them until they reach that. I'm going to say it again. You put a 10 over everybody's head and you speak up to them until they reach that. Because nagging doesn't work and talking down doesn't work. It doesn't give you warm fuzzies. It makes you defensive. It gets you in a fetal position. And the only way you can live with your hands outstretched is to keep forgiving. People are not going to do you right. Your pastor sometimes is not going to do it the way you thought he should do it. People are not going to always do it right. Why? Because God doesn't want you to keep your eyes on people. He wants you to keep your eyes on Him. Because we're all fallible flesh. Now I'm going to do my best to represent God to you and you to God, right? As a priest, I'm going to do my best. But even at my best, I'm still, I fall short, right? Okay, so what are you saying? Here, Here's what I'm saying. Is my anger... Going to get me what I want? Probably not. But can I use my anger for good? Can I use it for good? So here's the deal. If you use your anger for your selfish ambitions, then it's sin and it's bad. If you use your anger for righteous, for righteous causes, now your anger is good. 
You say, what do you mean by that? If you've ever been abused and now you hate abuse and now you're trying to take that anger toward abuse and help other people get out of those situations, then that's called righteous anger. So you're channeling it now for the good. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's what I've learned and I'm going to wrap this up if y'all help me. Here's what I've learned. Not everybody loves me. Had a lot of people leave this church when I came. Lot. A lot. So when someone, here, here's the deal, okay? I'm not happy about that. I didn't want that. But I just have to understand I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Okay? Doesn't feel good. Doesn't give me warm fuzzies. But I just have to understand that as a leader, not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to like you. You know what we want to do then? Here's what we want to do. Right? And we, when, when your love has been blocked and people reject you, that's what you want to do. You want to get into a fetal position. You want to hide. You want to cover up your heart. You want to pull up the drawbridge. You want to fill the moat with alligators. And you want to just say, pardon me, but you just want to say, bun you. I don't need you either. I'm going to get real here. See, see, we don't, I, I don't connect with you in my strengths, connect with you in my weaknesses. You can't be in ministry most of your life and not get hurt. You can't live life and not get hurt. Come on, somebody. Come on. And you know what we want to do? Put our hands across our heart. We want to go into our little castle. We want to pull up the drawbridge, fill the moat with alligators and say, bun all of you I don't need none of you fact all that church is full of hypocrites anyway y'all know what we're saying but I'm going to tell you something that's no way to live it's no way to live so what do you do you rechannel because there's somebody that does need my love do you understand there's 137 million orphans in the world so you say, I can't have kids. Well, there's 130 million orphans that would probably love for you to love them. And if somebody else rejects you and don't love you, just keep walking because there's somebody that's going to receive you. Here's what Jesus said. I come to my own and my own did not receive me. But to many as received me, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. But I'm not, brothers and sisters, with the help of the Lord. I refuse with the help of the Lord to die bitter, to die resentful and to die alone. I'm going to just keep forgiving with the help of God and keep on loving. Because that's what life is all about anyway. Listen, if it was just about you getting saved, then why didn't he just have an angel come knock you in the head? As soon as you got saved, just boom, knock you in the head. Because I know they're saved right now. They, they may walk out this building and cuss, but right now they're saved. Boom. Take you to heaven. You know why he didn't do that? Because you've got a purpose to fulfill. And your purpose here on earth, if you're alive, is not done. And he wants you to learn how to love. And the way you learn how to love is to be around difficult people. Because life, what, what, what's the key to life? Here it is, real simple. You ready for it? Life is all about learning how to love. Amen. 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 Hmm. I love you. I'm so blessed to be a part of you. Would you stand? I love you. Mm. 
Jesus. Mm. Do you feel his spirit right here confirming his word? Man, I'm just stuck on this. I love you. I love you. I love you song. Man. Oh, God. I love you, Lord. Well, make me feel better about this lesson. And if something was said that helped you, at least do a finger or something. Something, something. Thank you. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it other than there is such a passion in me that I want every one of you to live an overcoming life. I want you to be overcomers. Living. I, I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I want you to overcome. Because he overcame, we can overcome. See, the abundant life is not Cadillacs and cabin cruisers and unlimited credit cards and cash. The abundant life is things money can't buy. Mm. And that's what I want for you. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for this, this incredible, wonderful body of Christ called the Pentecostal Church. Thank you for the great privilege to be able, Lord, to be called pastor. And I pray, God, this real simple lesson tonight, that it would help us in our life, that we would overcome and that we would not be dominated, God, by how we feel, but that we would learn to deal with how we feel and learn to manage our emotions so that we can, Lord, show Christ-like character and that anger and resentment and bitterness and hate and chaos does not dominate us. But that when we walk into the room, we light it up because the love of God is radiating through us. And when we walk around people, they feel the peace of God because we're walking in the fruit of that peace. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Would you just lift up your hands and let's sing this little chorus before we go. Love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. You may not be able to sing good, but that's okay. Sing. You, I love you, I love you. And my heart will follow Christ-like character, Lord. Oh,
us right now. something stirring in my spirit I'm really excited about it so I hope you can come and let's let heaven kiss the earth regardless of how we feel now listen before I let you go this is railroad festival okay and I just want to remind all of us to be modest we're Christians right modesty is not for God God can see you totally naked and he doesn't lust after your curves or your muscles so we're not dressing for him, we're dressing for our brothers and our sisters. So let's remember to be modest. And then here's the next thing. Don't give the world your total Saturday night. And then come in here dragging Sunday morning because you stayed up till three o'clock. Give God your first fruits and that means your time. Okay, I'm just telling you because I love you. I go and enjoy all the food, but listen, don't spend all your money so you can't even give God a quarter. Remember God. Let's keep Him first in everything. This is not a Sunday thing. This is a lifestyle thing. Right? And so in our behavior, in our conduct, in all ways, in every way, we want to reflect the image of Christ. Can I get a witness? I love you. I love you. You have a great week. Sister Kaylee's going to sing you out of here as you love on somebody. What does that mean? A handshake, a smile, a kind word. God bless you. Thank you for your patience. I